You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows, visit electronicmediacollective.com. Welcome back to another great episode of For You Distraction. Not as good as the past two because we're back to the old way of doing things, but still pretty good. We are now, again, social distancing podcasting. I am one of your hosts, Adam. With me as always, Scott. How are we doing today, Scott? I'm mad as hell, Adam. Are you? I can I'm imagine mad why. As hell. <laughs> yeah, the last two episodes have been fire. Been I got fun. to come over. It was so fun, man. I got to come over to your newer new, newer apartment. And, uh, you know, we had some beers together. We were in person. I was talking on a microphone, not over the freaking internet. I My sound quality was excellent. excellent. Fire. Fire. And now, and now we're back to the shitty old way where I probably sound like crap. So I apologize to the listeners. But... The reason is, yours truly may have been exposed to the dreaded COVID virus. May have been exposed. Key word, may have. Key phrase, I guess. We didn't, we, you, you don't know. You haven't been tested yet, right, Scott? No, I have a test coming up. It's a, When we're recording this, it is still a holiday weekend. It is. We just had Thanksgiving this past week, and uh, it's the weekend. So... Things aren't opening up until Monday, so first thing Monday morning, I'm going to go get tested, and, and we'll know. But uh, as of right now, we have to social distance, and we're back to this way. Yeah, I'm thinking about just to be playing on the safe side, because you or were just around somebody who did test positive for COVID. So I think I might get tested again Monday, just to kind of play it safe, because I was around you last week, but... I imagine the chances of me catching it from that is very slim, but, you know, better safe than sorry, right? Absolutely, absolutely. But other than that, how was your Thanksgiving week? Um, other than that, it was, ju- it was just okay. I mean, things were different this year. Um, I didn't get together with my whole family. It was a much smaller get-together, which... which I know I'm preaching to the choir. Everyone listening kind of went through the same thing. So, I mean, I enjoy Thanksgiving. I love eating Thanksgiving dinner. I love getting together with family, extended family, cousins, aunts, uncles, grandparents. So the fact that I was just with my immediate family wasn't a bad thing, but it just wasn't the same. Yeah. This was a really unique Thanksgiving for me because it's my first Thanksgiving in my new apartment, 
And we were doing the whole social distancing thing, too, because my we don't want to get together with my grandmother because she had COVID a few months ago. So she's still like she's not sick, but she's still she's old. She's in her 70s. You know, she's still at risk. So we didn't want to, like, get together with her and get her sick again and risk her. So we kind of did the whole social distancing thing, too. But we didn't even really get together at all. Like, I didn't go to my mother's house. She actually brought, because she took some food over to my grandmother's house just to kind of give to her for like a meal. Then she brought me over some tubs of food, and it was great. I I uh, got the food in there. They said Happy Thanksgiving. Then they drove away, and I sat in this house watching just good old fucking TV, eating my Thanksgiving dinner meal. Not a care in the world. It was great for me. I had a blast. That that actually that actually sounds pretty good. I mean, again, not the same as a traditional Thanksgiving, but no. At, at least you enjoyed yourself, and you were safe and smart, and that's that's all that matters. Oh, you have no idea. My week has been amazing. Like this has probably been the best week of 2020 for me. Like it's it sounds weird to say it, but for me, it's been the best week because the Adam talks about school. The semester's finally over for me. It was done Thanksgiving week because they shortened the semester because they didn't want students going home and then coming back. So done this week, got done my classes. I took an extra day off. So I had a five days off this week so far. And I just did nothing but sit in my underwear watching TV. That's all I did for like four Mm. days so far. And it is magical, sir. Magical. Did you sit in the same pair of underwear? No, I wasn't disgusting. I didn't. Okay. I wasn't okay. disgusting about it, but I did make sure that I woke up, took a shower, threw on a new pair of underwear, and then sat right back in the same seat I've been sitting in for four days. Ah, very good, very good. Yes, sir. <clears throat> so it's been great so, for me. Yeah. So, so you said you watched a lot of TV. I'm watching like a lot of stuff. You know, I uh, I caught up on Harley Quinn uh, thanks to uh, a mutual friend of ours. We have a. Uh, we access to HBO Max, so I've been watching Harley Quinn, uh, caught up on some Rick and Morty, caught up on all, or, uh, I had already caught up on Mandalorian, I believe. No, you know what? I did catch up on Mandalorian this, was it? No, it was last week. I'm sorry. Last week I caught up on Mandalorian. Um, but yeah, I just been kind of like, just binge watching some stuff. I haven't been able to get to some of the good stuff. Like, I haven't watched season two of The Boys yet. I'm looking forward to sitting down with that. Um, but I've been just getting into it. I I have finished season two of The Boys. It's very good. I strongly <clears throat> recommend it. Now you're talking about the Harley Quinn animated show? Yeah, the, the Harley Quinn DC animated show. I have not watched that, but I did this week. I watched the Harley Quinn Birds of Prey movie. I thought about watching that earlier i think last night so is it worth watching or can i skip it um yeah it's not my thing i i would say i would say you could watch it i'm all for watching anything i did not care for it i did not like it i also really i mean i think i've told this story on the podcast before when the movie suicide squad came out i it was my birthday it came out the weekend of my birthday. I'm sorry. And, and no, here's the thing. I took off work on my birthday. <laughs> I said, "It's my fucking birthday. 
I'm going to take off work. And I put in ahead of time, like like a month or so ahead of time, that I was off for my birthday. And I got it. I was off for my birthday. And I did that before consulting my family because it was my wife and my children's like first day of school. So I was all by myself on my birthday. So I thought to myself, self, you're going to go see a movie. Because I love going to the movie theater. Oh, yeah. Went by myself, went by myself, and I watched that piece of shit. Yeah, you must have been sorely disappointed. I, uh, yes. I was very disappointed. It was not a good birthday. So, now I know this exists, this movie, Birds of Prey, exists in the same DC universe as Suicide Squad. But it's not typically it's not traditionally a sequel per se i don't know it's weird it's like a spin so, kind of like a spin-off i guess i guess so i'm like all right you know i'm not gonna watch it, i'm not gonna watch it. well i had the opportunity i'm like i'll check it out i'll watch anything and i think my hatred for the movie suicide squad kind of spilled over into this and made me not like this a little bit more but yeah not a fan not a fan of it how do you feel about margot robbie as harley quinn though do you think she pulls a really good harley quinn or or do you think it's she's just good because she's easy on the eyes i mean margot robbie oof yes in like wolf of wall street oh my god yes the things the things i'm not even gonna get into it she's gorgeous absolutely love her absolutely um I don't really have an opinion on the character Harley Quinn. I never read any Harley Quinn comics. My only instance I know of Harley Quinn is the animated series where she's like dressed in red and black and has the Brooklyn accent. Well, that's that's where she originated from. She was never in the original comics. She started her existence in the animated show. See, I didn't even know that. I thought she was a character... That no. already existed in DC. Okay. She well, was I, created I, originally for that, yeah. Okay, well, I remember her in that, and, you know, I, I don't remember her having this appeal back then that she has now. Maybe she did, and I was just unaware. But did people love her as a character then? I think she's evolved over time. I think it used to be, and this is a really fucked up thing, it used to be people would, like, nerdy people would, like, share memes about like you know harley quinn and joker's relationship that's like a that's like the relationship goals and stuff like that that's the kind of relationship i want to have but then people started pointing out like yeah you know he's like an abusive boyfriend like he beats the fuck out of her yeah and he's like mentally emotionally abused like that's how their relationship started was he fucking threw her in like a vat of acid or some shit like that or like yeah yeah so that like that kind of like went away a little bit but like She's grown in popularity ever since then. I think I would like to say subsequent cartoons and maybe like those Arkham video games kind of like made her better because, you know, she played a prevalent role in some of those games. There's even a point in those games where the Joker's like disappeared and she's kind of like taken over like his role as like leading their gang and shit like that. And she's kind of, like, taking her own role, so maybe it's something like that. I think they were just trying to find, like, a strong, independent woman, so that's why they kind of, like, made Harley Quinn into that. Which, there's nothing wrong with that. But, 
No, I, I support the, <coughs> the strong, independent woman character arc. I do. I think that's great. As a father of two young children, I want my I want my girls to be to be experience a strong woman. But at the same time, I don't think Harley Quinn is that person because, like you said, it's fucking Stockholm syndrome how the Joker treated her yeah. to the maximum, and the fact that in our culture, like people. Like you said, people were saying, "Oh, relationship goals, Joker and Harley Quinn." I'm like, "Are you fucking serious?" Yeah. Like that's like that's why you're messed up. But, the uh, the the cartoon Harley Quinn on DC uh, the DC original show it it kind of goes along with like that a little bit. It like delves very deep into like the relationship Harley Quinn has the Joker, and that's kind of how it starts. But she does in the cartoon evolve into her own independent woman that doesn't need the Joker anymore. So that is like positive in that, but at, at its base, it's a Venture Brothers Rick and Morty kind of steel comedy cartoon thing yeah yeah exact that exact same thing that exact same story <clears throat> was a main plot bird of prey birds of prey because she spoilers i don't know if there are any fucking spoilers or not nah, go ahead. she she breaks up the joker breaks up with her at the beginning of the movie and she's like fucking devastated like she can't function without him like she like harley quinn basically didn't exist before the joker she was like that psychiatrist at the at the hospital yeah harley and quinzel yeah like like her character now who she is now was basically made by the joker yeah so now that this is the first time in her existence that she's without the joker like she doesn't know what to do she doesn't know how to function and the whole beginning part of that fucking movie is oh woe is me what do i do i got dumped i'm like i'm sick of fucking hearing this like this is some bullshit save it for tiktok lady (laughs) but uh but basically and then like you said she grows throughout the movie and she learns how to become an independent person blah 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 yeah whatever um but the joker's not even fucking in the movie batman isn't even fucking in the movie and that was disappointing to me like I mean, let's... they weren't—they weren't big roles in Suicide Squad, but at least they were in it, you know. Let's let's be honest though, Harley Quinn is just female Joker. That's kind of all she is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's it's unfortunate, but like that's basically all she is. She's, she's Lady Joker. So. Yeah, it is what it is. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, say if you get if you get a chance, definitely check out Birds of Prey. Uh, don't have your bar set very high but it's worth a watch okay have you uh seen anything else recently that you're uh super into talking about i did one one other movie i watched this week that i think you've already seen and you've been wanting to talk about on the show i finally watched terminator dark fate i'm surprised it took you this long well it fucking did so (laughs) um yeah so i watched terminator dark fate um, and and the uh, the last Terminator movie, which was uh, Terminator Genesis, it always comes up for conversation on this podcast. Yeah, because you fucking hated that oh, movie. It's such so a bad much. movie. So I, bad. I enjoyed Terminator Genesis. I actually did like it. I liked it, and I had high hopes for this movie. Now, I remember hearing when this movie was going to be done. 
it was supposed to, well, in Terminator Genesis, which, let's see, there was Terminator 1, Terminator Judgment Day, Terminator Rise Against the Machines, then there was Terminator Salvation, right? Then yes. there was Then there was Genesis, and then Dark Fate. Yeah. Dark Fate is the sixth movie in the Terminator franchise. So I remember at the end of, oh, the, whole, the whole thing about Genesis is, time travel bullshit it's the whole thing about time. all the movies is time travel bullshit right there is you're right there is time travel <laughs> bullshit in every single movie there's time travel bullshit but in genesis there was changing the timeline time travel bullshit yeah that was a little bit you know that's a little bit different so the idea that they changed the timeline which from what i understand was james cameron's like there was an opening for him to get back into the franchise that he created because he did Terminator 1 and Terminator 2. And Amazing. Then three, and then 3, 4, and 5 were not done by him. And from what, I, from what I've read, he hated 3, 4, and 5. He was very disappointed with Terminator 3, Terminator 4, and Terminator 5. So the way that Terminator 5 kind of changed the timeline, he felt, oh, this is my chance to jump back in and start from where the last time I did Terminator 2 left off and kind of go on a split, like, string theory type deal, a different, a different reality from there, which I thought was, oh, that's a cool, clever idea. I like that. They did that in the new Star Trek movies. You yeah. Know, the, the, the Chris Pine Star Trek movies. I love that. We talk about that a lot, too, on the show because I'm such a huge Trekkie, and I wanted to see it rebooted, but I didn't want to take away from everything we know and love. And the way that they pulled it off with an alternate timeline, I think that was great. And that's kind of what I think they were going for here. And it fell short. Flat, flat, flat on its face. I saw, just to go on for a little tangent when you said, or talking about Star Trek and the Kelvin timeline, I saw a great fan theory <coughs> that involved the reason um, that involved that... Uh, you remember in the... Uh, J.J. Abrams' Star Trek, the Romulans, they went back in time and they fucked up everything and they killed Kirk's father on that ship and that kind of skewed the whole time, appeared into like an alternate thing. I had seen a fan theory that said that the original Star Trek timeline was already kind of skewed when the uh, Enterprise-D, like Picard and them, went back in time to like stop the Borg from assimilating Earth, like when uh cochran was doing his like warp uh in flight. first contact yeah in first contact and that's and because like cochran dealt with like like the future people and they kind of told him like what kind of like a little bit of what's going on and stuff like that why they're there and shit like that it kind of skewed starfleet almost to where um Things got a little more militaristic in Starfleet. Like, you didn't watch Enterprise, but one thing in Enterprise that existed were, was the idea of Makos, which were, like, Navy, Marine, military people that could that basically were stationed on Enterprise, like, later on to be, like, the security force. And then, like, Kirk's uh, dad in the Kelvin timeline in the J.J. Abrams Star Trek, like, it had way more firepower than you think any other Star Trek ship would have. Like, if you think about the original series and stuff like that, or even in The Next Generation, like, that thing had way more firepower when it was trying to, like, fend off and defend the escape pods. So there's, and, like, and a... The, <coughs> that, so the, that, that theory works. Not to, not to interrupt you, but I want yeah. to interject. That theory works with Discovery, too. 
Yeah. So it's like it, there's this idea that this fan theory basically that like uh, first contact fucked up the timeline already. So Starch Fleet became a little bit more just a little bit more militaristic than they originally wanted to be. Or you could say <coughs> maybe the whole reason that Zephyr and Cochran invented warps or was the first warp speed on Earth is because originally Picard and Riker and everybody, they were already the ones who did it. It's like it's like the scene from Voyage Home where they got to go back in time to the 80s to save the whales. Yeah. And uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, Scotty, Scotty goes to that guy to like build that giant tank and they have to use that special fiberglass or whatever from the future. And it's like, it hasn't been invented yet. So he gives them the, the formula to, to create it. He's like, we're changing the timeline. Bones is like, how do you know this isn't the guy who invented it? <laughs> <laughs> I love Star Trek. Anyway. I love that one. Anyways, yes, we're a couple of Trekkies <laughs> that talk about completely different things. And it always comes back to Star Trek. But back to Terminator. Um, I was I was a little disappointed about certain things. I thought James Cameron was going to direct this movie and write the movie. And really, he was only a producer on it. So I, I don't know. I, I thought I thought he was going to be more hands-on. Um, yeah, I, I did love it. I actually like Genesis more than Dark Fate. This movie was not good. I did not like it either. I was not a fan of it. I don't remember a lot of the details from it. I just remember that it wasn't good. And a lot of it didn't make any sense, in my opinion. There's a lot of nonsense in this fucking movie. <coughs> yeah, um... One thing that got me... and, and Spoilers. We're gonna, we're gonna do some spoilers here, because it's worth talking about. The very beginning of the movie opens up pretty much where Terminator 2 Judgment Day leaves off. Mm-hmm. And Sarah Connor and John Connor, who are young Linda Hamilton and young Edward Furlong, which was a great scene. They're on some beach in whatever, South America, Central America, hiding out. And uh, a a Terminator, an Arnold Schwarzenegger-looking Terminator, which is the, what is it, the one T-10, what's the model T-100 or something like that? I don't remember. 101, I don't know, regardless. He uh, comes out of nowhere and just fucking. He comes blows. like walking out of the water or some shit. Right, and he just blows John Connor away. And the whole thing is in Terminator Two, how they they stopped Skynet from ever happening. So there was no need for John Connor to die because the timeline had already been changed. But this Terminator was already sent back before the timeline was changed. And he already had his his programming to do this. And so it was like basically John Connor died for nothing at the beginning of this movie. He died like a bitch. Yeah, and it takes me back to the... I know we've talked about this and you've never seen them and I really want you to. The e, the, the Star Wars spinoff Ewok movies. <laughs> There's the, the Ewok and the battle for Endor. And in the first movie, I, I've talked about this before... The first movie, it, it exists. There's a little girl and her brother, and they crash land on the moon of Endor, and their parents are captured by, like, this fucking giant alien monster, and they're kept hostage. And the whole movie is this little girl, her, like, teenage brother, and the Ewoks, like, trying to save the parents. 
And it's good. I love as a kid, I loved it. And the end of the movie, they save the parents, and everybody's happy. And the- then the second movie starts, and then there's this like warlord with other crazy aliens. And the very beginning of the second movie, the mother, the father, and the fucking brother all die. Nice. And I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. That just completely irrelevant makes the whole first movie irrelevant. Like, just like that, they're fucking dead at the beginning of the second movie. And I feel like I feel like the whole point of Judgment Day, which is a movie that is near and dear to both of our hearts, was to keep fucking John Connor safe. He had so many fucking close calls. That kid should have been dead. The, no, the whole point of the lived. beginning then, of the entire series of movie was John Connor has to survive. John true. Connor is the savior of humanity. Yes, the first and second movie. And what happens in the sixth movie? Right the fuck away? Oh, forget about all that shit. He's dead. Yeah. I was like, you gotta be fucking shit. <laughs> fuck me. this month nonsense. We're out of here. But uh, I guess I know why they needed to do it. I don't know if you've seen Edward Furlong lately. I heard he's looking pretty rough. <clears throat> Time has not been kind <laughs> to old Edward Furlong. Um, he was in, like, American History X, too, and, like, uh, some other good things. And yeah. Unfortunately, crack's a hell of a drug, but... Uh, <laughs> but they had to basically kill him off because they couldn't make him exist. Uh, Linda Hamilton is in it, and they just add a new character who's a female who's basically the same thing John Connor was, but it's yeah. not Edward Furlong. And it's the same idea, the same principle, and yeah. Recycled trash. And I was I was very disappointed in this movie. I thought it sucked. And one thing that really got me, the fucking Arnold Schwartz... Yes, Arnold is in the movie. He plays the Terminator unit that kills John Connor at the beginning. And now he's, like, become a fucking family man? Yeah, he's a daddy. He's a dad? He's married with a kid and, like, has a fucking business? I'm like, you're a fucking Terminator! I couldn't even... Holy shit. I didn't didn't like it. I didn't like it. Well, speaking of Star Wars, uh, it's time to talk about Mandalorian, Scott. Let's do it, man. I'm, I'm all caught up so far. Now, before we get into this latest episode of Mandalorian, we had a little bit of an issue last week in that you were asking me a bunch of questions about Star Wars and Mandalore, and I had no fucking answers for you. I had just nonsense, because I don't know. I was guessing. I don't, I don't read the books. I didn't deep dive into it. What do I care? Just let me see baby, more Baby Yoda. <coughs> but I who, just... Who has a new... Baby Yoda has a name now. Oh, yeah, he's got a name. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, But I wanted you to listen to me go off on a tangent because I did, like, a little bit of a deep dive. And by deep dive, I mean I went to the Wikipedia page, and I basically know a little more about Mandalore and the Mandalorians. And I think I might know enough to give you the Cliff Notes version to kind of answer some of those questions that we couldn't... Uh, come up with last week. <coughs> so, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very excited about this. I'm gonna be all ears because, like, just like you, I haven't read any of the the canon extra books and comics, and I you got I time have, for that shit. No, I mean, I watched the first season of Clone Wars, and I started the second season of Clone Wars. But how many? There's like eight seasons of that show. Uh, seven or eight. Yeah, I think seven, seven. or eight. Yeah, like. <laughs> Like, I'm nowhere near being to the end of Clone Wars. And 
It's a good show. I would like to watch the whole thing, but I, I, you've watched the whole thing, right? You've watched all of Clone Wars. I've watched all of it. There are some episodes I would, I honestly just kind of like skim through, and I were like kind of in the background of me doing other things. So I wouldn't say I know every episode, but I have the, I got the gist of it. I know a little bit. <clears throat> some things I've read, and some people I've talked to are saying that the Clone Wars cartoon is kind of important for where the story arc of Mandalorian has gone now. It is the last couple episodes. It is a little bit because Mandalore itself does play a role a lot of the times. It definitely plays a role in season seven <coughs> because um, Darth Maul's involved with a lot of few episodes of season seven, and Darth Maul's definitely involved in the history of Mandalore. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of Mandalore canon that they kind of like discuss a little bit, especially now that we've seen Bo-Katan and we're talking about like uh, religious zealot type Mandalorians versus like Bo-Katan style Mandalorians. So <clears throat> there's definitely like benefit towards knowing and seeing Clone Wars. So um, basically, you educate me. Educate yeah, yeah. Me here, let me. Yeah, here we go. Give me some scoff. We, we got some cliff notes here. I got some cliff notes real quick. Basically, we had asked, like, what's going on with Mandalore? Like, I thought is Mandalore was a warrior-type race. Like, what's going on with them? Like, <coughs> how are they working? And, like, what's going on with the planet itself? So, Mandalore was originally, like, what we see the Mandalorians now. They were originally, like, warrior clans, warrior-type race, very much, like into fighting they were super into it and in fact they were so into it that they devastated their own planet they had so much infighting so many wars going on that it kind of ruined the planet for the most part it's basically almost a wasteland so when it ended up happening after like centuries of war a new group of mandalorians kind of came forward they were more pacifist mandalorians and they were saying hey you know what we're fucking up our own planet we're not benefiting ourselves in any way we're done with this nonsense. So these pacifist Mandalorians basically created like dome cities. Like cities that like exist on the wasteland but inside these domes are like pristine uh, buildings and pristine capitals and things like that. So they became like kind of like the ipso facto rulers of Mandalore. They were These other warrior type ones still existed. Um, a lot of them were later to be known as Death Watch. I don't know if you know anything about Death Watch. <clears throat> but they are like the hardcore zealot type uh, Mandalorians, kind of like where Mando comes from a little bit. He's his clan and like what his clan believes kind of like stems from what Death Watch was. And actually, Bo-Katan was originally in Death Watch itself. Her sister was like the ruler of Mandalore, and she was in, and Bo-Katan was like involved with Death Watch until she ended up leaving him because she realized that they're just like religious zealots and they're just like nonsensical bullshit it was something like that i don't know um but the mandalore tried to stay out of the affairs of the entire galaxy like they didn't take sides when it came to the clone wars they didn't take the imperial side they didn't take the republic side but it ended up fucking up um mandalore a little bit because then they couldn't really like get a lot of trade because then they didn't want to like take two different sides and they kind of were losing out on supplies and shit like that. So then people inside Mandalore government started dealing on black market nonsense. This started dealing with corruption. And eventually it led to Darth Maul getting involved. <coughs> and Darth Maul was um, 
running a lot of criminal syndicates and things like that after he came back into power uh, in the Clone Wars at some point. And he basically took over Death Watch, made them his, like, his, like, sword on Mandalore, and, and they became, like, his gang members. And he ended up taking over Mandalore and putting a puppet, like, ruler on uh, the throne. And this is kind of like what we alluded to last time, that Darth Maul had this puppet ruler on the throne, and... Uh, they started doing some like very corrupt things, and then later on, Bo-Katan gets Ahsoka Tano to come help her retake Mandalore. Um, and then after the Clone Wars, she ends up find- getting the dark saber, <coughs> so she can like cement her rule on La- Mandalore. Um, the the Empire decides to come, and they basically take over Mandalore for a little while. But Bo-Katan and like the remnants of uh, like her people were like trying to rebel against the empire and the empire realized they can't they could never hold on to mandalore because too many times there's rebellions going on so they decided to like lay waste to everything so mandalorians just kind of like scattered across the galaxies you know those that survived exist in these like these small like tight knit or tight knit tribal communities kind of like what we see in the mandalorian tv show and that's kind of where we're at with it so like mandalore uh Dinge, uh Jaren, our hero in Mandalorian, he is like part of this tight knit group, and this group came from like the remnants of Death Watch, and so that's why they're so zealot. That's why they're so this is the way, and we don't ever remove our helmet because of this and everything. But there's like other groups of like Mandalorians run around the galaxy, like Bo Katan's group that are trying to like retake it, and that's the reason why like you would ask like why do they why does Mandalorian think that you know the land is cursed? You know why does he think that? Uh, nobody can go back there it's because the land is cursed like nobody's supposed like nobody can survive there like you have you'd have to have like these dome cities and you have to like rebuild basically mandalore to live there so that's kind of like you know it maybe answers some questions maybe it went off on a tangent i don't know (coughs) so is does mandalore still exist or did it get like did it go to the way of all did it go the way of alderaan no it's still out there it still exists but it's considered by a lot of mandalorians like these zealot types to be a cursed land like nobody can live there anybody that tries to live there just dies there's no point in trying to resettle it it's a wasteland there's no point in going there that's kind of how they view it so so (coughs) darth maul who i hate by the way as a character he was in charge with with like a like you said like a puppet leader yeah he and then, he had him on the throne and he was kind of like pulling the strings from the background okay so the jedi assisted no Bo Katan okay. well sort of and this is spoilers for season seven of Clone Wars but basically Ahsoka Tana was never she left the Jedi Order like a couple seasons prior and Bo Katan like found her on Coruscant or some shit like that and asked her to come help her. So she went back to like uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan with Bo-Katan and was like, hey, Darth Maul is like fucking around on this planet, guys. Like you guys are supposed to be like, you know, saving the galaxy from this shit. Like it's no, it's not, they, the Republic tried to stay out of Mandalore's business, but Ahsoka thought that, well, if you know that Darth Maul is pulling the strings in the background, it gives you a justified reason to send Republic troops to there, not to wage war on Mandalore, but to try to free it from this uh, tyranny that's going on. And 
uh, what ended up happening was Anakin split up his, you know, the classic 501st. Everybody talks about the 501st, like it's Anakin's, you know, armada. It's his army. It's his yes, uh, yes. unit. He split them in half and sent half of them with Bo-Katan and Ahsoka to assault Mandalore and take it back from Darth Maul. And the reason why that they it was written that Obi-Wan and Anakin couldn't go back was because in that episode, do you remember at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith when they had those Republic troops or the Republic was like fighting the uh, Separatists and they were trying to rescue the Chancellor and it was when uh, Anakin had that fight with... Uh, What's his name? Shit. I can't remember his name. Darsidious is like apprentice. He, Grievous? No, no, no. He, he played he played Sar he played Saruman in Lord of the Rings, that old guy. Count Dooku. Yeah, Count Dooku. Dooku. I couldn't remember his name. That Dooku. Like that during that whole beginning of that movie, that is what's um the reason why they couldn't have uh Anakin and Obi-Wan help Ahsoka was because at the time when she's taking Mandalore back that's going on in the movie so it's kind of like coinciding with the events of the movie and things like that so yeah so base of the republic kind of helped mandalore take it back but unofficially because they were dealing with some sith nonsense so so what is they talked about it so much in mandalorian there's like this history between the jedi and the mandalorian do you know anything about that? Like they were ancient enemies or something? I don't know the details on that. I just know that when Mandalores, when the Mandalorians were like the warrior type race before you had the pacifists that existed, they warred with the Jedi a lot of the times. And we see, and bring this up, this will kind of connect us to the current episode of Mandalorian, like their Beskar, their armor, it can deflect like lightsaber like attacks and things like that it can deflect the lightsabers like that's just kind of like how strong the armor is so it kind of made them extremely besides their skill it kind of made them extremely adept at fighting jedi so that's kind of like they just wore it all the time and i i didn't deep dive into the um mandalorian that became a jedi i just remember i just know from like the little that i read like he was you know, he was a Mandalorian that became a Jedi, and maybe that kind of stopped the fighting a little bit. But he ended up ruling, like, Mandalore with, like, the Darksaber. And so after he died, like, the Darksaber is passed down to, like, each subsequent ruler until it was, like, lost at some point or whatever. So. Well, we see Moth, Get Moth Gideon. Yeah. Has, he has the Darksaber. I think there's and a, they... I think there's some theories that Moth Gideon is like originally a mandalorian i think i saw some like like fan talk and stuff like that like about like, hey maybe moff Gideon is actually like from mandalore originally but like you know maybe that's why he knows so much about certain things and things like that but after uh the 501st and ahsoka helped bo-katan overthrow darth maul and his group Bo they they won that battle. Yeah. Bo Katan then becomes the ruler of Mandalore. Essentially, yeah. But but not for very long, right? Because then the Empire comes in and they fuck shit up, right? Yeah, the the it. Empire decides to try to take Mandalore and hold on to it, but the whole problem is the Mandalorians are like the people in charge are still warriors. They're like Bo Katan's people. And like they're still rebelling against the empire, and that eventually, the after years of trying to 
like subdue Mandalore, the Empire is like, well, fuck this shit. Like if they if they won't let us have it, nobody's gonna have it. And so they just kind of like lay waste to everything and scatter the people. Could when when one of these battles or the final battle of Mandalore happened between the Empire and the Mandalorians? Couldn't the dark saber have been taken by the Empire at that point? It could have been. Could couldn't uh, Moff Gideon have been like one of the generals of the Empire who attacked Mandalore, and he took that as basically like his prize? It could have been that. I, I think ultimate, that's. I think that's something we'll find out in the Mandalorian TV show. I mean, ultimately, I mean, hate to say this, but the Empire wins that. I don't know if you would call it a war or a battle against Mandalore. The Empire wins because they just. They aren't going to keep the planet, but they said they just fuck shit up. So yeah, yeah. They, now they now the Ma- Mandalorians are scattered all over the universe because of the Empire. So I would say, yeah, the Empire won that. And yeah. Bo-Katan, I mean, she. I, I'm going to draw a correlation here. Go with me here. Go with me because I know George Lucas loved his metaphors. I mean, when you look at the stormtroopers, it is just it is a simile for the Nazis. Am pretty I right? Much. I mean, pretty much. Yeah. It sounds to me, like how you're explaining it, that the Mandalorians are like the Jews. <laughs> because, listen, but because, listen, every time they turn around, they got some fucking assholes killing them and t- attacking them, and whether it's the Jedi, whether it's the, whether it's the Sith, whether it's the Empire, whether it's the Romans... Whether it's the Nazis, whether it's uh, like some fundamentalist Muslims, like it doesn't matter. Like I, maybe that's not intentional, but George Lucas has admitted that he is comparing the Empire to the Nazis. So I could see a, a definitely. Do you agree with me here? Like, is I mean, at all? they did call when the Empire fucked up Mandalore so nobody else could live on it and scattered uh, the Mandalorians. They did call it the Great Purge. So <clears throat> there you go. I don't know, but it's uh, kind of cool. Thank you for uh, enlightening me a little bit. I still have a lot to learn. So if uh, if anybody would like to add anything, you can shoot us an email. Uh, for a distraction at gmail.com or get a hold of us on Facebook or Twitter. But, but uh, uh, what what'd you think about the newest episode? I I enjoyed it. I, I, I think the only reason why I enjoyed it, though, was because we're kind of moving the story along at this point. Not to mention we they finally brought in live action Ahsoka Tano, which we knew they were going to do. But we finally get to see it. And who plays Ahsoka Tano? None Rosario Dawson. None other than... My sweet Rosario Dawson, I love her so much. She is amazing, um, and she actually plays a really good Ahsoka Tana too. I thought. Um, I don't know what you thought about that. I know you have like a very small sampling of season one, uh, seeing her. She was in season one, right? Yeah. Uh, dude, she came in the movie. What? Like the like the Clone Wars movie, which was the first. Yeah. Let us in. Let, yeah, that's she's, right. Yeah. She's like. She's like the main character. She's one of the main characters in the show. Yeah. I, I like Ahsoka. I very much do. And I love Rosario <laughs> Dawson. Oh my goodness, I love her. So, uh, yeah, but I, I, I like the episode. I, I thought it was unique. I, I, I thought she was, she did a nice job as Ahsoka. I agree with you there. Um, I do think it was kind of shitty at the end how she, like, 
said to Mando, basically, like, yes, I will train the child in the ways of the Jedi if you help me free this city who really needs our help. And he, like, fucking does it. And then when they're done, she's basically like, all right, no, I, I can't train him. I'm not I mean, really a Jedi. She's not, she's not a Jedi anymore. She's really not. Right, right. She's not. But at the same time, like, they made a fucking deal. And at the end, she's like, all right, I'm not going to do it. But here's what you can do. And now he's got another fucking task to do. I know. It's like, is at the end, it's like, go to this one planet. I was like, he's going to another fucking planet. Like, can this dude not rest? He's going from planet. He's planet hopping at this point, just to different planets. And I'm like, oh, my God. I... I will say this, I can understand her reasoning for not wanting to train the child, and we'll, we'll get into his name here in a second, but I understand the reason, her reasoning because he, she sensed like a lot of fear in him, and a lot of fear of like losing Mando, because he's created such a bond with uh, Din Djarin at this point, that she's seen this before, she's seen what happens to a Jedi who gets trained in the way of the Force and loses something that it cares about so much. She's seen it in, in Anakin Skywalker, her master, her former master. So I can understand her reasoning kind of for like being like, well, I, I can't train him. I, I can't do it. I think part of it's more, I think part of it's the Jedi way of not training somebody like that. And part of it's like a personal thing for her where like she just can't bring herself to do something like that. She can't bring herself to potentially bring another Darth Vader into existence. I guess so. I, I, I do. I see what you're saying, and I do see it from her point of view. But seeing it from the Mandalorian's point of view, he's probably like, what the fuck? Yeah, he's like... like I, put, I put my fucking life on the line to make this deal with you, and at the end, you welch? Fucking two, two, episodes, two or three episodes ago, I was chased by giant spiders in a fucking snow cave. Like, are you fucking... Do you know what I've been through? Do you understand what I've gone through? I don't know, man. Uh, I, I enjoyed the episode. How many more episodes are left in this season? I don't know. I mean, if it's anything like the last season, it's going to be like, we're on what, episode five of season two? So it'll be like three more, maybe? Yeah, it's got to be wrapping up soon. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, I will say this. I did like the battle between Ahsoka and the leader of that group that took over that village. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. I, I would say this episode because it had Ahsoka Tano is the only reason why it's kind of a good episode. Other than if it wasn't for the fact that it was Ahsoka Tano and everybody's like really like in awe of like, Oh, we finally brought her in. Like it was other than that, like nothing really else happened in this episode. Really? Like it wasn't as, it wasn't as good as the previous ones. Hands down. My favorite episode is still the first fucking episode. With, with with the crate dragon. Oh, it's so such a good episode, dude. That episode, my oh my god, that episode was so fucking good. Um, and I like the episode where Bo-Katan and the other Mandalorians. I like that one too. I like this episode with Ahsoka more than the stupid ice spiders episode. Yeah. But that but that's it. Like, this is that's how I would rank them. So. So, what did you think about Ahsoka Tano name-dropping a character that people have been wanting to see in the Star Wars universe forever? I mean, it's fine. I'm not going to call him that, so... Well, I wasn't talking I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about the end of the episode when she was fighting with that chick. She's like, alright, tell me where he is. Tell me where so-and-so is. 
Like she name dropped a pretty large character in like the outside canon of the Star oh, Wars right, universe. Right. She yes, she name dropped yes. Adm- uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Right. Now Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yeah. Don't ask me anything about Thrawn. I have no fucking idea. I have never, as we said before, I've never read any of the outside canon shit. I've never read any of the books, the con books, anything like that. So I'm sure there's a lot of nerdy Star Wars people out there that are jerking off to Grand Admiral Thrawn because they've been wanting him to be in the Star Wars movies forever. I don't fucking know anything about him. I just thought, oh, I understood the name, so I thought, oh, that's cool. There is, because you know me, I'm a big toy guy. There is, I saw... And it could be fan made. I don't even know if it's actually like Kenner or Hasbro made it. But there was a three and three quarter inch Star Wars toy of Grand Admiral Thrawn. And I saw a picture of it. And whether it exists or not. So I, I that's my only knowledge of him existing until his name was dropped. So you did a great job, Adam. Uh, doing your research on the history of the Mandalorians, so maybe for next week you can uh, you can come back and you can school us again on the Grand Admiral. <laughs> We're gonna be a week behind in all of our uh, knowledge. Like, hey, remember the episode we talked about last week? Well, here's the information that you want for that episode. So oh, anyway, yeah. the last thing the the last important thing to talk about in this episode is we finally got the child's name. Baby yeah, Yoda's this name. <clears throat> this is what I thought you were talking about a minute ago, but uh, you want to let the people know? His name is Grogu. Yeah, that sucks. It's not a great name. I will be. I will say this. It's cool to finally like know it, but like that's not great. He sounds like a character from like some kind of fucking anime. He doesn't sound like a. <laughs> he sounds he like, sound a like a character from like a bad '90s kids movie or something like that. That's that's what he sounds yeah. like. He sounds like something straight out of Small Soldiers. One of the Gorg, <laughs> one of the Gorgonites. That's what he is. Grogu. Gorgon- I fucking love it. I fucking love Small Soldiers. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm still gonna call him Baby Yoda. I'm still gonna call him the Child. Grogu. I will say. I will say it is. It was nice to see some depth to Baby Yoda at this point. Like she had like the Force conversation with him. So she kind of like got like what happened to him over the past 50 years and shit. I will say it's nice to hear some depth about him. And, you know, when Order 66 happened, like he was hidden away and all this other shit. Like it was it was cool to find, like, see a little bit of backstory about him. Okay. Next week, we'll come back and uh, we'll talk about the next episode. Yes, sir. All right, it is time again for the most popular segment that we have on the show, Chorus of Cinema, Scott. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. For those of you that don't know Chorus of Cinema, quick quick synopsis. Uh, each host picks a movie that they've seen that the other host has not seen, and we make them watch it, and we talk about it next week. So, mo- Scott, which movie did I have you watch this week? So you had me watch... I believe it's it was on Netflix. I believe it's a Netflix original movie. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. You had me watch the movie Enola Holmes, starring Millie Bobby Brown, who we know and love from the Stranger Things series, also a Netflix original. Um, she's become very popular. And she was the titular character, if you will. And uh, 
she is the younger sister of world-renowned, famous detective Sherlock Holmes. Yes, sir. Every everybody knows Sherlock Holmes. I would hope there so. Have been, since the uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle books, I mean, we have had so much media from Sherlock Holmes. There's the uh, there's the Robert Downey Jr. movies. There's two of them, I believe. Um, there's the Benedict Cumberbatch uh, BBC show. Correct? Yeah. I think you're a yeah. fan. You're a fan of that. Yeah. That's, it's a good show. Um, now there's one I haven't seen. It's the uh, the Will Ferrell take on Sherlock Holmes. It's more of a comedy. Yeah, I didn't. Watch I have that. not. I've not seen. I heard <laughs> bad things. Um, but there's just those are just the three off the top of my head that are real popular. But there's been so many over the years, so many. So to see it from this point of view, um, have you ever read any of the the novels? No, the Hounds of the Baskerville, or I kind of any of them. I kind of always wanted to, but I never really got around to doing it. So I have, I haven't either. I'm familiar with them, and I'm familiar with the stories, but I've never read it. So I don't know if his family tree, Sherlock Holmes's family tree, is accurate to this movie. I now I do. I know... believe she he does have a sister. Okay, because I there is a sister in the TV movie... series. Sorry. Okay, this movie this movie is actually based off of a I think a young adult or an independent reading novel that was written by someone else. Um so it, it wasn't written by uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, but it was written by someone else much later, much later. So I I don't know, maybe you do, but uh if I have you no really idea. had if Sherlock Holmes really had a sister named Enola who is significantly younger than him. Yeah, um, I I do know like like I was saying in the Benedict Cumberbatch TV series, he there is a sister. He does have a sister. I don't remember exactly okay. what her name is. Um but I know she was a younger sister. Um not like young like Millie Bobby Brown young, but she was he few years younger than him. So maybe in some point in one of the stories there was a mention of Sherlock Holmes's sister. I don't know. Um, in in that show, did he have an older brother, Mycroft? Yeah, he did. Okay, so maybe that maybe this is all accurate. I don't I don't know, but uh, Sherlock Holmes in this movie, like we said, Millie Bobby Brown played Enola Holmes. Sherlock Holmes is uh, Henry Cavill, uh, Superman and The Witcher, and I actually really like him. I really like him, and I think he did a nice job. But the movie didn't center around him. Like yeah. this movie, this movie was all about Enola Holmes. She's basically all that matters. Now the mother, the mother of the Holmes siblings, was played by uh, Helena Boehmer Carter. Yeah, from uh, you know Harry Potter and a million other fucking things. Not, just about every. Not to interrupt you, but I did a quick Google search, and apparently, in some of the original stories, Sherlock and Minecraft do have a younger sister. Um, who was completely unknown to Sherlock until her reveal in a book called The Lying Detective. I don't... I'd have to look up exactly if Arthur Conan Doyle wrote that one or if it was just a later series, but her name is Eurus in that one. Eurus? Yeah, so it's a different name. Okay, well, who knows? Yeah. But, um... Yeah, the the movie was... It was was fun... I know you and I, we both kind of like little mysteries, little 
this this to me had like a Nancy Drew Hardy Boys kind of theme to it. It was it seemed a little juvenile. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. But that's okay. Um, the the whole premise of the movie is the mother goes missing, and she leaves her douchebag oldest brother, which is Mycroft, wants to put her in like a fucking finishing school for girls. And she doesn't want anything to do with that because she was, she's kind of rough around the edges, if you will. Yeah, she she plays in the dirt and does karate and all that stuff. I mean, she's she's brilliant. She's brilliant, but at the same time, she's not for the era, for for the period that this story takes place in. Women were supposed to behave in a certain way. And that's certainly not how she was. Yeah. So, and, and it was unfortunate. It was unfortunate, but it's accurate. So, so she leaves and she's trying to get to London to, to find her mother. She's following clues. Along the way, she meets this other young boy whose name still fucking escapes me because he was always called the weirdest thing throughout the movie. He, he he sounded like his name was like that of a dog on the, the, the Thanksgiving Day dog show. <laughs> like it was like it was, he had like 12 names and he was he was nobility. He wasn't royalty. He was nobility. He was going to be a lord. and He was running away from home. And his name was Tewksbury. Yeah, Tewksbury. Tewksbury. But, but he, the Lord Duke Tewksbury of Worcestershire France. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But at any rate, uh, the story kind of changes because originally the mystery is trying to find the mother. Yeah, and then she's, it changes. To... She's like trying to. She's on a hunt to like because her mother just disappears on her one night, and she's on a hunt to be like, I gotta find mommy because I don't want to go to boarding school. <laughs> right, and then it changes to her trying to like save Tewksbury because. There's an assassin after him, and yeah, it, it it goes off the rails a little bit, man. I'm trying to I'm trying to follow all this, and I mean it. It, it, it she has like throughout the story, she has like memories of her mother and like things that her mother taught her come into play for her dealing with the real world because she's never been right. out in the real world, and so like one of the things that uh, her mother had taught her was like. Um, basically about like helping like those in need and shit like that and stuff like that and so because she found him funny and charming and smart even though he was also kind of an idiot and definitely like a lord like she felt like okay like something's going on his life is legitimately in danger like there's a connection going on here somewhere i should probably just i should probably help him like I should do what I can to help him because I'd hate to see somebody who needs like help whose life is in danger, and that's kind of like where the story evolves into. Right, and antics happen. This that happens. Long story short, uh, she saves him. She does, and there's there's a twist at the end, and I won't give any spoilers because it's not important to the to this part of the story. But there's a twist who who was the one that was trying to kill him and. You know, she solves the mystery. And it's funny because she solves the mystery before her brother Sherlock does and and saves the day. But they, there's really, like, she never finds the mom. And then 
at the end, like when everything seems to be okay, the mom like just comes to her and basically says everything that I've raised you, like your whole life, everything I've taught you, everything I trained you was for this, like for you to be on your own. Yeah. And she's like, fucking okay. That's she, how she's like, that's how you were able to save Tootsbury. She was essentially you are strong. She was essentially training her to basically be an independent woman. That's kind of what she was. The whole story's about. Right, right. And that's how it ends. And yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's uh I actually wish now that I've seen this movie, I wish I would have watched it with my kids because it was very family friendly. Like yeah, a little bit. There's a, there were a couple of scenes like like the end when they kill the dude that's hunting Tewksbury. She like pushes him and he like slams his head against um that like statue and i, I yeah, guess it, but, it doesn't kill him but it definitely hurts him and you see a lot of blood in his gashed in face a little bit he just got a big boo boo so... <laughs> no eva would like this movie I, I i don't know if i'm going to watch it again with her yeah but i would be i would be open to the idea i think i think she would enjoy it so i yeah. i thought it was a fun charming little movie but one of the biggest reasons why i enjoyed it was because this is probably i would argue the largest sampling size of millie Bobby brown's acting ability that we've seen because yeah she's been in like a, all the seasons of stranger things obviously and she's been great in those but for the most part she doesn't say anything in those episodes like she has some lines and later on she has more and more lines as the show progresses but for the most part it's everybody else talking around her and she like chimes in every now and then. It's mostly like her facial expressions that you get in that show. This has been like an actual test of like her acting ability and like being able to like carry a story on her own. That's kind of why I enjoyed it a little bit more. <clears throat> I like Millie Bobby Brown. I like her in Stranger Things. I liked her in this. I think she did a good job. I think she's probably going to have a... a- pretty good career coming up i think she's british right yes i believe so okay i think she's got a good career ahead of her and there's there's like i can think off the top of my head and i think they're all they're all young female actors and they're all british and i i love them and i'm watching the show right now on hbo uh his dark materials i need to watch that season two the main girl, Lyra, is the girl who played uh, X-23 in Logan. Such a good movie. She's such a good yeah. actress, too. And she, and she's great in it. And one of the other girls they just introduced, she hasn't had a big role yet, I'd like to see more of her, is uh, Lady Mormont uh, on Game of Thrones, the little girl. Yeah. Who was like, the she, and she was so fucking badass in Game of Thrones. Like, she's in it. Like... Those two together in this show, plus Billy Bobby Brown, like I want the three of them, like badass young British girls to like do a show together, a movie together. That would be epic. Yeah, that that would be cool. Um. Okay. So my pick, the pick that uh, show that or the movie you picked for me to watch, was the movie The Dead Don't Die, which I watched on HBO Max. It's starring Bill Murray and Adam Driver, among other cast lists in here. So, I got some thoughts about this movie. First of all, 
it's a zombie movie and everybody knows how i feel about zombie movies and zombie anything it's been played out for a long time now it's been done to death we've seen every single iteration of zombie anything for the most part this one i i kind of i kind of enjoyed it i did kind of i think it was like a re- maybe it's because i hadn't seen a zombie thing in so long or maybe it's because they did like something a little different with the formula i don't know but i actually kind of enjoyed it um this is a very very dry humor kind of movie it's it's a zombie action movie that's like humorous um but it's very dry humor like adam driver and bill murray they have some pretty unique chemistry i would say um there's a lot that goes on in this in this movie that they seem to not like react to or they seem to react to just very like matter of factly and it's kind of it kind of is very charming for the entire movie like everybody else is freaking out around them and they're just kind of like going about their business of like yeah it looks like shit's going wrong or like oh boy like this is really kind of like a thing that's happening and that's kind of enjoyable um uh tilda swinton is in this too and i'm gonna say this i called it from the beginning of the movie from the moment i saw her i called exactly what her character was going to be involved in because she was definitely like a weird weird character um can i ask you something scott and maybe you can answer this for me because i'm not sure is this they make a lot of references to like the script and the theme song and things like that is it is it meant to be like is it supposed to be fourth wall breaking or is it meant to be because they like at a certain point at the end of the movie adam driver's character refers to like or bill murray character asks adam driver's character like hey you've been saying this entire time like this isn't going to end well how do you know it's not going to end well and adam driver's character is like well it's because i read the script and i was like yeah. wait, i was like wait what and he's like yeah and bill murray's character is like jim gave you the whole script and i was like jim's the name of the fucking director i'm like what i'm like what is going on at this point like they die at the end is it like i guess i don't get it i kind of don't understand like i know it's meant to be like tongue-in-cheek a little bit but is it like is it meant to be like they know they're in a movie and it's just kind of like the way it's going or is it like I, i i don't know i'm like i what do you like can you tell me I, I think you're analyzing it entirely way too much. Yes, it's 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 fourth wall breaking. Yes, they are self-aware that they are in a movie, and they still proceed with everything, like the antics, the way it happens. And uh, at the beginning of the movie, when he got when he's like talking about the song always playing, he's like, "Well, it's the theme song." That was the first I was hint. Like, I was like, "What?" That was the first hint, and I was kind of like, "What?" I'm like, I didn't really get that point, but I just like, well, whatever. And then at the end, they're like, oh, yeah, it says so in the script. And I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are they going to do this? Are they going to do this? And they fucking did. It's a, it's basically a spoof, Adam. It's a spoof on, on zombie genre. And that's why I thought you'd like it, because you dislike the zombie genre. And they're kind of like poking fun at it a little bit here. It was. And yes, the dry humor is important. I, I like dry humor. I, I give you a lot of dry humor. Yeah, dry, I love dry humor too. It's, I I I got it, and I'm not gonna say I don't like that. I was I'm gonna say it comes on so abruptly that, and it seems like, 
it it just if the entire movie kind of alluded to that tongue-in-cheek fourth wall breaking thing i think it would have been i found myself more confused than enjoying it is what i'm gonna say like the only mention that they break that they have of it is the beginning of the movie it talks about the theme song and then the very end when they bring up the script if there were like more mentions of it like throughout the entire movie then i might have probably enjoyed it a little bit more but i found it more confusing at the end than enjoyable when when that like part came <coughs> um i will say this like like i said i called it from the very beginning i was like it's gonna be zombies but like it's gonna be aliens are gonna be involved somehow and it's spoilers it's kind of a little bit of truth right there because tilda swinton's character is like an alien like a flying like a flying saucer shows up and beams her up like in the middle of the zombie horde and adam driver and bill murray's character are just like uh okay i i knew she was a little weird she seemed a little weird to me um let's talk there's a couple things i want to mention one thing i thought it was funny was how the zombies came to be and it's because it was like almost always daylight like time had changed because of polar fracking yeah polar fracking had like shifted the planet's axis off off a bit like onto like shifted it to its side or whatever and that fucked everything up apparently yeah they're talking about how the united states which this is a thing fracking they were fracking on both the north and the south poles and you, they keep showing different, like, radio, bro- listening to radio broadcasts, which it's somebody with the government denying that there's ever a problem. And I just love that. I love yeah. that. That's so, that's so accurate. And then <laughs> tell me a little bit what you think about Steve Buscemi's character. I thought I love everything Steve Buscemi does. And he made me think racism was funny a little bit. He His hat. First of all, from the moment you see him, it tells you everything about his character. It, his hat says, keep America white again. It's the dumbest phrase because it doesn't make any sense. And then it's also an incredibly racist phrase at the same time. Keep America white again. And he's wearing it at the diner while he's sitting next to Danny Glover's character. Yeah. And he's like, he's like no, I'm not going to take this coffee for me. It's too black for me. I, I meant it's too strong. Like, he's wearing a racist hat, but he's trying to be politically correct to Danny Glover's character right then and there. It's the weirdest thing. It's incredibly strange, but it, like, works. And then you've got fucking Hermit Bob narrating half the fucking story that's going on. And he's there, like, outside uh, Steve Buscemi's character's farm. And their zombies, like, are carrying him... Like in air, like dragging him out of his house, and they put him on the ground. They all swarm on him, and everybody's like, "Every this whole movie is like, uh, fucking what's his name? Let me see. Hold on a second. I got the guy MD right here. Uh, Farmer Frank. That's his name. Farmer Frank is Stevie Buscemi's name, and they're all saying like, Frank got what what was coming to him. Frank got what's coming to him. Even at the end of the movie, when Adam Driver and Bill Murray are in the cemetery, surrounded by zombies and hacking away at their heads and shooting them, Bill Murray sees Frank, and he's like, uh, "You you deserve this, Frank." And he shoots him in the head and blows his head completely off. <clears throat> like it's it's so awesome. I loved it a lot. Another thing that I enjoyed. And this isn't just this movie. Dude, it's like it's like every zombie movie ever because George Romero is the father of the zombie genre. He's the one who popularized it. And as you know, 
George Romero is from Pittsburgh. And all of his movies, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, they all take place in and around the city of Pittsburgh. And because of that, it's like all these zombie shows, zombie movies, all pay homage to that by the setting being near Pittsburgh. And this movie was the same thing. I didn't know if you, I don't know, I know you, you hate geography, but I loved, I picked up on the fact that they were in western Pennsylvania, near like where we live. I knew that they, I knew they were near that area because, and I was going to bring yeah. it up. They talked about the tourists that came in to rent that hotel room, and yes. they're like they sound sound they sound like they're from Pittsburgh. It's like, nah, they're probably from Cleveland. <laughs> which is which for the listeners who don't know us, we live in western Pennsylvania, and we're kind of in the middle of Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Like we're right on the Ohio border. And that's so funny that they said that. They mentioned early in the movie about Latrobe, Pennsylvania, yeah. which is by which is by Pittsburgh. That's where Rolling Rock beer was founded, which is one of our favorites. And then they they show the TV later, and it's uh, East Brady. East Brady is also not too far from us. And so they mentioned Latrobe and East Brady, which are both real towns near us. And then Selena Gomez is in the movie, and two other people. And they're the from out of town, and they stay at the hotel. And they're like, "Oh, did you see those hipsters?" They kept calling them hipsters. Yeah. Like they're they're probably they're probably from Pittsburgh. And the driver's like, "Well, the license plate says Ohio. They're probably from Cleveland." <laughs> and I, I love that. I love that so much. Adam Driver was amazing in this movie. He was so awesome. He's so, I I love his humor. Um, this movie does another thing where it kind of subverts your expectations for a lot of it. Like, they really, like, focus in on this group of three people that comes from, like, Ohio that came to this town to rent that hotel room. They kind of focus in on them a little bit as if they're going to be, like, important characters in the movie. They do the same thing with those kids in that, like, what do you, what is it, like, a juvenile hall or juvenile center or whatever the fuck it is? What? What what happened to those kids? I thought about that. That's my point. You don't know. Nothing. They did. They like when the when the zombie apocalypse happens. They like escape the juvenile building, and then they like they like see Tilda Swinton's character like stop in that little smart car and hack off mm-hmm. the head of that fashion zombie. And then when they, she drives away, like they're in the middle of the street. They're like, "Holy shit!" And they're like, "One dude's like, or one of them's like, come on, I know we're a place where we can hide. We can uh, get away.'" And that's the last you see of them. You don't see anything yeah. else from them. <clears throat> so it's yeah. like it's like they spend so much time on these kids as if they're going to be important characters, and they just fucking disappear. The same that part, that part was so funny to me. I'm like, what about those kids? Whatever happened to them? It's the same like thing they, with like these tourist kids that, that that came into town. It's like you they spend so much time on them, focusing on them. You think like, oh, it's going to happen. You know, the, the zombie apocalypse is going to happen. They're going to meet up with the cops, well, and they're going to like. Like they're gonna something's they're gonna like fight their way out, but it ends yeah. up happening when they get to the hotel. They're dead. They're fucking eaten. Yeah, like that. I'm, I'm okay with that. I was surprised about that because they took the time. I mean, Selena Gomez was one of them. She's like big time. Like yeah, I, I loved. I'm a big Selena Gomez fan. And the other two characters that were with her, the two guys. I mean, they seemed like young, strong, strapping lads. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, okay, they got a big big name in selena gomez these other two guys they're gonna play a big role later and they introduce them they show us what they're doing and then they revisit it like oh they just fucking died they got eaten by zombies like in the easiest easiest roundabout way that we never see like i'm okay with that because at least we know they're dead but the three kids 
the three kids who escaped the juvenile detention center into the zombie apocalypse, and they just like run into the woods, and they're never seen or heard from again. I want to them. That's great. that's so funny. Yeah, it's so funny. It's oh my god! If you are a fan of dry humor, this is kind of like the movie for you. Like every single time something bad happens, it's just. Adam Driver reiterating what he knows about the zombies from movies and things like that. Like you gotta, you gotta kill the head. You gotta kill the head. That's all. And he like, it's when they've come across those three kids that came from uh, Ohio in the hotel room dead in their uh, hotel room. You've got Bill Murray's character who's just kind of standing there. Adam Driver's character, and there's that one third cop who's like, she's like the scared female cop who's like freaking out about everything because she's not in the loop. I guess that they are that there's a script and shit going on. So, like, Adam Driver just kind of, like, walks in there just, like, casually and just, like, hacks their heads off and comes walking out with Selena Gomez's head in his hand. <clears throat> and she's like, why did you do that? He's like, well, because, you know, we had to kill we had to kill the head, you know? They, 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 they you know, they're dead, but, like, you know, uh, they were going to turn. It just was going to take a while. And Bill Murray just looks at her, like, real calmly, like, yeah, I mean, Ronnie's right, so... It's, it was good. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it was good. It was very confusing, at certain parts. Like, I didn't expect the ending. If they, like I said, if they had played a little bit more into that throughout the movie, I would have found it probably a little bit more enjoyable. But it was still good. So let's move on to what we have for each other for next week's show. Yes. Um, Scott. I have for you uh, the movie Stranger Than Fiction on Netflix. It is starring Will Ferrell. It is maybe one of his earlier movies. I I don't know uh, when he started really doing movies from SNL. But it is uh, Stranger Than Fiction. I'm double checking. Yep, it's still on Netflix at the moment of this recording. Um, I've never even heard of it. Yeah, I I've seen it a couple times. It's it's enjoyable. I, I kind of enjoy it a little bit. It's not. I'm gonna say this. It's not your classic like what you think a Will Ferrell movie is going to be. It's not that. So Stranger Than Fiction on Netflix. Okay, so I'm excited to give you my pick here, um, and I'm I'm kind of surprised you haven't seen this. So it's from around 1995 1996 and it is the movie Congo. Oh. And and it's starring listen listen to this, I'll just give you a couple of the cast list. Laura Linney, Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters who we Nice. Love, Tim Curry who you love Tim Curry. Love me some watch, Tim Curry. You made me watch Rocky Horror recently so yes he's in this. And uh Bruce Campbell, you made me watch uh, Evil Dead too. I love Bruce Campbell so much. So you've got Ernie Hudson, Tim Curry, Bruce Campbell. I, I know you love all three of those guys, and they're all in this movie. And the movie is written by Michael Crichton, who wrote Jurassic Park and Westworld. And uh, yeah, so I'm excited to have you watch the movie Congo. It is on HBO again, so you'll you'll watch it on there. Yeah, okay. So, I'm going to be watching Congo, you're going to be watching Stranger Than Fiction, and it's going to be a good time. So, if you want to get a hold of For Your Distraction, and you want to let us know 
what you thought of Mandalorian and if you could give me some information on Admiral Thrawn, email us for distraction at gmail.com. We are on Facebook and Twitter. Search for your distraction at podcast FYD. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google play, all those great places. Search for your distraction, uh, search at pot or search podcast FYD on Spotify and Google play. Rate us, like us, share us with your friends. The only way we grow is if you guys help us grow. We are a member of the Be Real Podcasting Network. Head over to Podbean and search for the Movie Guys podcast. That is our official, unofficial hub for the Be Real Network. We are still a member of the Electronic Media Collective, so head over to electronicmediacollective.com and listen to us on there. Tell them that we are amazing. So I hope my sound quality was up to par. Um, hopefully we'll see if I can get a, uh, negative test. Maybe we could get back together together next week. If not, I'll have to do the quarantine for 14 days. So we'll do it this way again next week. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, yeah. Uh, happy testing. <laughs>